Hello, everybody. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And we're the old dogs. We're a couple of boomers in our 70s that want to grow bolder, not older. We'll share with you the ways we howl at the moon, the fascinating old dogs we meet, and the new tricks that we learn. Our goal is to rethink that phrase, act your age. As the old philosopher Bob Dylan once said, those not busy being born are busy dying. So if you've got 20 minutes or so to kill, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In today's podcast, we're going to report on what kind of work older people are finding these days, introduce some of the 300 new words Scrabble has added to its lexicon, explain those confusing labels on your food, and in our You Won't Believe This column, we'll reveal what people are stealing from airlines. And in the Old Dogs interview, we're going to talk to a gentleman named Bill Hines, who you may know as the creator of Tank McNamara, the comic strip. So what's on your mind today, Paul? Well, I don't know about you, Jim, but I can't believe we are on our second podcast. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The success of the first podcast has been, um, how would you describe it? I'd, uh, I'd say overwhelming. Yeah, you know, people are clamoring for more. Yeah, by people, uh, that's pretty much you and me, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Maybe a few friends, uh, yeah, our, our wives. wives yeah. yeah, right. At any rate, I thought it might be a good idea for you and I to talk a little bit about uh, what we're trying to accomplish in this podcast. How are we going to stand out from all the other podcasts that are out there? Well, our format is kind of loose. Uh, We don't have any specific agenda from podcast to podcast. Instead, we just like to introduce things that we think y'all are going to find interesting. Yeah, we're we're intentionally selecting items for each podcast uh, that are diverse. There's just things that have popped up in all of our reading, and uh, we hope that you find them entertaining. From time to time, we'll ask questions, and we hope that we can get some interesting answers from you. And also your opinions, your comments, anything that you would like to tell us, we would enjoy hearing from you. Our podcast is meant to be a chat, a chat with each other, a chat with you. We don't want to put things out there that are divisive, that are contentious. Uh, There's plenty of that available to you on 24-hour news channels. One of the things that we will always do in every podcast is feature an interview, somebody that we've come across that is doing something like howling at the moon. Right. We want inspiring stories about people our age who are staying engaged with life. So if you know somebody who might make a good interview subject, please let us know. And there's an easy way to do that, and that is to go to our website, www.olddogspodcast.com. You know, Jim, it occurs to me that a lot of people our age find out that their retirement savings isn't going far enough, Mm -hmm. and they have to go back to work. Right. So I think it's important that we share with them maybe some thoughts about where the jobs are out there. Yep. Uh, This is from the New York Times, uh, dated August 18, 2016, and it's a report on job opportunities for seniors. Okay, I'm going to take some notes here. Well, good. You need to. The information may be a little dated, but the trends seem to be the same. Now, jobs available to seniors are a mix of high-skilled service work, like managers, sales supervisors, and accountants, and low-skilled service work, like transportation, child care, and retail. Older workers with at least education have the fewest opportunities for employment. Uh, 
There are also fewer opportunities for jobs that involve physical labor, such as manufacturing. Well, that makes sense. Well, um, are there some jobs that actually favor older workers? Well, that's the good news. Uh-huh. Uh, they tend to require higher levels of dependability and lower levels of active learning and mathematical skills. Now, some examples are real estate sales, uh, property management, but unfortunately, these jobs tend to pay less. Mm-hmm. So the reality for senior employment is this. You've got fewer choices, there's lower pay, and honestly, more rejections, which may be why more people in our age bracket are starting their own businesses, either working as a consultant by leveraging skills from previous jobs or pursuing an interest they always had but never pursued before. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I have always wanted to do a podcast. What what do you think? Well, I always wanted to be a cowboy, Jim. Yippee. Paul, have you ever played Scrabble? I do, and I am terrible at it. All I can come up with is like three- and four-letter words. It's like my education has completely dripped away. Uh, But for our listeners, if you've ever scrambled for a Scrabble word, here's some good news. Oh, boy. 300 new words have been added to the official Scrabble Players Dictionary. Finally. This news comes to us from the October 8th issue of Time Magazine. Now, here's a few of the new additions. Okay. There's BizJet, which is a small plane used for business. That's what I call my small plane. Uh, Ew. Ew, spelled E-W, an interjection used to express disgust. I've heard that from my teenage daughter. Yep. Uh, Judgy, tending to judge others. Well, that's your opinion. (laughs) Show. There's a word show, a former monetary unit of Tibet. I thought they meant show, like in show nuff. Yeah, remember, this one is spelled Mm S-H-O. Okay. It's three letters. I can master that one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Come on now. Okay? Okay? The short form of O-K-A-Y. We didn't spell it okay? All right. Two letters. I'm really on top of that one. (laughs) And finally, yowza, an interjection to express surprise. You know, you hear that so much, (laughs) don't you, I use it all the time. I was really hoping for a new version of the game called Close Enough Scrabble. The only rule is if it sounds like it could be a word, that's close enough. Give me an example. Like uh, paduchka. That's what happens when you uh, sit down too hard on a hard chair. I don't know. (laughs) My wife and I have a problem with those uh, so-called orphans in the back of the refrigerator that you kind of tend to forget. And so when we look at the labels and we see sell-by or use-by, I'm always trying to rationalize why we shouldn't throw it out. Um, Can you give us any enlightenment on that, Paul? Well, uh, I think I have a little help here. In an article in the Washington Post dated October 5th, Consumer Reports helps lift the fog. Oh, There are no federal regulations on date labeling except for baby formula. These labels are just the manufacturer's best guess for how long the food will taste its freshest, whatever that means. They may help the grocery store to stock their shelves, but they are not an indication of how safe the food is. All right. So according to this article, here's the meaning of the most common labels. Best if used by or before. This is a guarantee of the freshness of the product and is not about safety. Sell by. 
This is the date set by manufacturers to tell retailers when to remove the product from the shelves. Again, this is an assurance of best quality, not safety. Use by. This is the last date that guarantees the best quality. It is not a safety date except for baby formula. Oh, well, I'll have to remember that the next time I buy baby formula. Yeah, here's the problem. Is there anything that tells you when you need to throw it out because it has expired that it's going to be bad for you? No, you gotta you got to kind of look at it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is it furry? <laughs> is it a color that doesn't normally appear on the rainbow? <laughs> well, yes, that might be helpful. And then in, in our house, we have a, a little rule that says, when in doubt, throw it out. Say, Jim, do you ever take anything from an airplane once the flight's over? Uh, what are you implying, Paul? Well, this tidbit is from the Washington Post from October 11, 2018. Yeah. And it concerns the interesting range of items that passengers steal from airlines. For mm, example, okay. air sickness bags. Apparently, some people collect them. One frequent flyer had 250 bags from 50 different countries. Table settings. Now, this included forks, knives, spoons, glassware, and salt and pepper shakers. Even tray tables have come up missing. Oh, come on. Pillows and blankets. Although I have no idea why anyone would want the miniature bedding that airlines offer. (laughs) And believe it or not, some passengers take the emergency flotation devices under their seats as they exit the plane. Now, figure that one out. (laughs) Oh, well, some experts suggest that the increasingly tense relationship between an airline and its customers is to blame. Okay, I get that. It seems like everything from luggage to your position in line involves an extra fee. Stealing is payback for what's perceived as price gouging. Well, I can't think of anything supplied by an airline that I'd want to steal, but I'm sure going to start checking under my seat for a flotation device. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) Our guest interview today is a fellow named Bill Hines. Now, the name may not be familiar to you, but Bill is the illustrator and writer on several comic strips, including Tank McNamara, for the last 44 years. Right. Hey, Bill. Well, first of all, you are a comic strip illustrator and writer. Uh, why don't you tell folks what strips you have worked on or are currently working on? Okay. Um, I am the co-creator of the sports comic strip Tank McNamara. Um, and uh, next year, uh, that will be uh, 45 years of, of Tank being in America's newspapers. Wow. Um, yeah. And I also... I write and draw and created Buzz Beamer for Sports Illustrated for Kids, a monthly magazine about sports. And um, I have been doing that next year. Next year's a big year for me. Uh, party, right? Uh, next year, <laughs> I will have been doing that for 30 years. Uh, I also did, uh, uh, for about 10 years, I did a strip called uh, Cleats, which uh, I was very proud of. It was about uh, kids and sports. Uh, about the relationship between parents and kids through soccer and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I did a, um, for about 10 years, I illustrated uh, According to Guinness, which was the Guinness Book of World Records as uh, with some funny illustrations. So is there a comic strip you haven't done? For example, do you do Mary Worth? You know what? Um, when the Chronicle finally dropped Hank, 
I sent him a note saying, how come you dropped Tank? And, well, we decided we would replace it with Prince Valiant because a lot of the readers were upset that we dropped that. Um, <laughs> so I did draw Tank as Prince Valiant and sent it to them and said I could work some uh, broadsword play into the comic strip if that would help, you know. Uh, it did not help. So yeah, I not. wasn't able to say that. I am, I, I am uh, a ghost artist on a very popular comic panel. Uh, but I'm since I'm a ghost artist, I'm not supposed to really talk about it. So let's just forget I said that. <laughs> forget, um, forget what, Bill? So I'm a, I'm a busy, busy boy, drawing funny pictures all day. Yeah. Now, I, I know you are somewhat challenged by deadlines, wouldn't you say, Bill? Sounds like you, you were doing at least three strips during the same time period. You know, it's, it's, uh, I guess the toughest time for me was uh, the mid-2000. I was doing Tank McNamara. I was doing Buzz Beamer. I was doing Cleats. And I was doing an animated version of, of Buzz Beamer every week. Uh, I would actually animate that on my computer. And it, and it took me about, I'd say, 20 hours to do one of those. So it ate up my whole weekend. Wow. Uh, and I was a busy, busy man during that time. Um, and I look back on it now thinking, wow, I miss my kids' childhood. You know? <laughs> but uh, they actually helped me on the doing voices on the animation. So that I did interact with them at some points. I got evidence of that. You mentioned that there were times when a process would take up an entire weekend. Um, today, do you have access to technology that helps speed that up? I'll tell you what, something happened to me uh, two years ago. I finally got a Cintiq. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically a drawing, a tablet, you can, electronic tablet you can draw on. And it changed my life. Uh, the computer actually had changed my life earlier, a decade or so earlier, when I was able to produce more work using the computer. But now, uh, <laughs> there was a time when my floors were just covered with scraps of paper from sketches and stuff like now. And now I have nothing but this little electronic tablet that I draw on. And it feels just like I'm, I can draw with a pencil, I can draw with a brush, I can draw with an ink pen. It, it, you have the feel of all of that, and it's all electronic. And um, so it's a lot easier to produce the work. Uh, the world has changed so much. Now, Bill, I know that for years you had a partner in producing Tank McNamara, and his name is Jeff Miller, and uh, he was the guy that uh, very often would come up with the ideas that he would want you to visualize. Um, were there any challenges in doing that? I got to tell you something. Writing the, the sentence, elephants are, are crashing through the uh, stadium, is a lot easier to type than it is to draw. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I I had some fairly challenging stuff that I had to draw over the years, and Jeff, I think Jeff knew that. And every now and then he he would start off and say, "Oh, have fun with this," <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, right. Now I know you've been doing some thinking about what next, uh, but you are interested in maybe exploring some other ways uh, once newspapers go digital. Yeah. I, actually, there are a lot more options now than there were when I started out. Uh, and it was really hard to break into the comic strip business when I started out. Um, the question is, how do you get paid for things? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm comfortably at a point right now, you know, I'm, I'm 68, I'm re past retirement age, that um, I think I could survive without making much money. Um, my options that I'm considering 
are uh, illustrating, are writing and illustrating a children's book, which are, <laughs> I don't know if you, you probably don't notice this, but the the children's book and chapter book markets are glutted by uh, uh, comic strip artists <laughs> that are, are trying to find another source of income. Uh, that has some appeal to me, and I actually have been approached by that to do something about sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the idea of having a blog, an illustrated blog, uh, that would be about sports and occasionally just about culture. Yeah, well, I can imagine that uh, if you're going to do a blog about culture, that it's going to be funny. So it uh, it kind of prompts me to ask you, how has humor changed over the past 40, 45 years? Uh, have tastes changed in that time? Well, you know, when we started Tank McNamara back in 1974, it was hip and happening. It was a... Uh, a edgy cutting edge strip um back then it was different the uh uh you know newspapers were very uh, uh old-fashioned mm-hmm. in the comics pages now once the the uh, watergate thing happened then uh, everybody that got into journalism wanted to be the next um, guys to break the big story the scandal story so it, it the beginning of gotcha journalism and then at some point it flipped for us where we were no longer the edgy strip. We were the, like I said, the stale strip, you know, that is, uh, you know, two weeks behind uh, what's happening in the news. Listen, as somebody who works out of his home, do you have a ritual to separate uh, home life from work life, like a cup of coffee, going up the stairs, well, slamming you know the what? door? Yeah, that is a very good question. And, and I have so many cartoonist friends that work at home, and we all kind of run into this where our commute basically is going upstairs or going to the studio or in the backyard or whatever. And, and you're, you're kind of right. You know, you have your coffee, you, you know, you, okay, I'm going upstairs. My wife works at home too. So she, she works downstairs. I work upstairs and, um, I go upstairs and I, I, I work. Uh, unfortunately a lot of my neighbors think that I don't have a job. <laughs> so if, if somebody needs to go uh, open the door for the, bug guy or something, then they'll ask me if I would go to do that. I don't think they would do that to the CEO at the, in his office. Um, but, you know, it's wonderful to work at home. It really is. Like I said, the commute is going upstairs. The only negative is that you never go home. Uh, if you're on a deadline like I am, I'm working until midnight, you know, or I'm working on Saturday, working on Sunday. Um, of course, I would not trade it at all for uh, going into an office and shutting the door when I go home. So it's, um, it is possible to go to work even if you live at home. And um, I think that's more, more and more common these days, too, that not just in the cartooning business, but people in oil and gas sales or something, uh, they're, they're working out of their houses. I know a guy that sits there and sells pipe all day long and makes a fortune every day. It's, uh, but he's not having fun. I'm having fun, so... So it's conceivable then, Bill, that you would never even consider the concept of retiring. You just keep on doing what you're doing in various different forms, right? Right. Yeah, I, and and that's uh, that is also consistent with the industry. Uh, uh, cartoonists never retire; they keep working until they die, basically, because we like to draw cartoons. And uh, if I retired. What I would do is draw cartoons, so why not get paid for it? And uh, newspaper comic strips, for some reason, have a long uh, lifespan. You know, they uh, you look at a TV show, even the ones that are, are around for a long time, 
It didn't last for 60 years. It's, it's, it's a real unique business. And I'm very lucky to have been involved with it while it was still around. <laughs> you know what I mean? While it was still in business. Uh, you know, I'm in the buggy whip business, and I enjoy those buggy whips. But uh, as my um, partner, Jeff Miller, pointed out to me one time, he said, Bill, you're, you're not a comic strip artist, you're a cartoonist, and there will always be work for you somewhere. Um, so that's what I, I'm, I'm not worried about my career collapsing underneath me. I have other things to do. Yes, there's always bathroom walls, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> there is. <laughs> well, it looks like we made it through another podcast. As you probably noticed, we need help. Mm-hmm. So please share what's on your mind. Head to our website, www.olddogspodcast.com. We'd love to hear how you howl at the moon.